Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care, and with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey folks, Democrats are now in their fourth week of the impeachment inquiry. And as always, there are a lot of new developments. Former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, and former senior director for Russian and Eurasian affairs, Fiona Hill, have testified before Congress about the White House's efforts to pressure Ukraine for political help. My former office, SDNY, is reportedly investigating Rudy Giuliani's business dealings in Ukraine. Last week, the office indicted his associates for alleged violation of campaign finance laws. And Bloomberg News reported that Trump asked former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to interfere in the case of an Iranian-Turkish gold trader, Reza Zarab, whose release has been sought by Turkish President Erdogan, a case that I oversaw when I was U.S. attorney. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Each week, we break down the news and take stock of what's happening. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. Are you ready to get to more Rudy Giuliani? I'm ready. So before we get to the fact that his associates have been charged by the SDNY and whether he's being investigated and for what, my basic question is, is he still the president's lawyer? <laughs> the president was asked, is, uh, is he your lawyer? And he's like, I haven't really talked to him. And he said, well, I did talk to him. And then he used an interesting tense when he responded. He said, he has been my attorney. <laughs> like, yes. Was your attorney, is your attorney, will have been your attorney? Yes. He has been my attorney, and I, I don't know that people fully appreciate this. The decision about whether or not Rudy is the president's attorney is solely in the discretion of? The president. The president. Yep. I don't know them. Uh, I don't know about them. I don't know what they do. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they were clients of Rudy. You'd have to ask Rudy. I just don't know. So what the hell is going on? Is he, is he about to be pushed under the bus? I think so. I think so. I mean, the president's answer, it was very similar to some of the answers he gave with regard to Michael Cohen when when the sort of heat was on. And so, you know, I don't (laughs) I don't know. I haven't spoken to Rudy. He he has been my attorney. I, I agree with you. The past tense nature of he has been my attorney. I would expect the president to turn very quickly on Giuliani. Um, But he really likes the guy. So you would have thought that after a lot of grumbling, he would have taken him off television. 
And he remains, except for in the last few days, the president's favorite pit bull on television. Yeah, but now he's the story. And so the, the problem for the president, and I agree with you, the president likes Rudy going on TV and, and spouting off, but Rudy can't go on TV right now. I mean, he's the subject. It's been reported he's the subject of this investigation in the Southern District. And he, you know, if anyone who is Rudy's lawyer has to basically say to him, you cannot go on TV because he will be asked questions that that frankly could implicate him if he answered them, depending on how he answered them, could implicate him in having committed crimes. And so he's now, in my view, he's not going to provide that benefit to the president. And he's a huge liability because, and the president has to be careful on this, because obviously he had Rudy do his bidding. And now Rudy is going to say, I did the president's bidding and has sort of gone back and forth on that, but been pretty clear that he was working for the president in in the capacity of this Ukrainian, um, the things that he was doing largely in Ukraine. And so I really feel like for the president to keep him on, he will not be able to satisfy what the president wants, which is the you know late night ranting on cable news. Which is so so enjoyable. But let's let's talk about that for a second before we get to the actual indictment. One of the things that it looks like he's being investigated for is a violation of a statute that's not often charged, um, and for many years, almost no prosecutions were brought under the statute. It's called FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which basically says you have to register with the Department of Justice if you're going to do any lobbying on behalf of a foreign government. And so it looks like with respect to Ukraine and the removal of the Ukrainian ambassador, Yovanovitch, and all sorts of other things, maybe he was engaged in that kind of activity. But one of the defenses he has put forward is, which is bizarre, and I can't fully unpack it uh, with my meager uh, aging brain, is, well, it can't be improper and certainly can't be a crime because I was acting at the direction of the president. So how can you simultaneously be lobbying the U.S. government and also acting at the behest of the head of the U.S. government? I don't follow that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is the best defense, though, in some ways, which is to say, okay, I didn't have to register as a foreign lobbyist because I wasn't engaged in foreign lobbying. I was working for the government, and the government has these types of negotiations all the time. Now, the problem for Rudy is that he will nowhere be registered as an agent, as an official agent of the United States government. And so being the president's personal lawyer, and this is Rudy's biggest problem, I think, on all of this, is that private citizens can't go out and essentially run shadow foreign policy for the president well, of the United maybe States. maybe they can if the president says, look, there's this other thing that we talked about in a prior life relating to Michael Flynn, the Logan Act, which does criminalize, although I don't think anyone has ever successfully been charged under it. Or not in years. It, yeah. No, not in years. It essentially says that, you know, you or I can't go gallivanting around the world and conduct foreign policy on behalf of the United States because we don't have any authority to do so. But I think that that's such a violation presumes that we're doing it on our own, not that we've been told to go do it by the president of the United States. And even in the absence of that, I think it's a difficult statute to find a violation of. And so Rudy's basically like, Maybe this is bad for the president also because separate from his legal jeopardy, his criminal legal jeopardy, maybe this is less important for his own personal freedom, but it's important otherwise. The entire foreign policy establishment, including members of Congress, are thinking, how do you have this one guy who maybe doesn't have everything straight in his head anymore conducting serious foreign policy when you have a State Department and you have an intelligence community and you have a vice president and you have ambassadors and you have all these other people – now, this is an answer that, that Stephen Miller couldn't give when asked repeatedly on one of the Sunday talk shows. Why use this guy, Rudy Giuliani, who, by the way, is doubling as your private personal lawyer to prevent you from being impeached and or getting indicted when you leave office or 
you know, having Bob Mueller say that you committed a crime while in office. How is that guy also conducting foreign policy in the part of the United States? He's become a pariah, I think, in all the circles where he previously may not have been. And just to the point about, and I do think that this is a really interesting conversation about his defense, but what's also important to remember is that the investigation is also into his financial dealings. And so where this becomes really interesting, to your point of it's not just an outside citizen who's involved in this diplomacy, it's an outside citizen who has a large number of financial ties that right now are not transparent with people in Ukraine, with the president of the United States. He probably has other clients as well that we do not know who those clients are. And so there's this intermingling of the public good and private financial gain aspect to the Giuliani conversation that I think is going to be really, really important because it's not just a private citizen. It's a private citizen who, in some instances, it appears may have a personal financial interest in what's happening. And so that's different. And I think that's where this distinction may ultimately lie. And frankly, I think the investigation into Giuliani is going to involve not just his actions on behalf of the U.S. government, but also his financial ties, his participation with these two individuals, Parnas and Fruman, who've been charged in the Southern District, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But it's going to be really complicated, I think, for Giuliani to just make this one argument, which is, I did this at the president's bidding. So let's talk about that indictment, which made a lot of news and was sort of unexpected. Uh, Lev Parnas, Igor Fruman, and two others were charged with campaign finance violations. Also, interestingly, I believe they, Mr. Parnas runs an organization called Fraud Guarantee. <laughs> By the way, just, there is a lot you of humor. Make that up in the novel. No, there is a lot of humor in these in these guys, and I always think about you know John Oliver called the Mueller investigation like stupid stupid Watergate. This is like <laughs> stupid Mafia Gate. I mean, it's it's almost too much. So they engaged in, in activity that some people think is not the most serious thing in the world. I happen to think it is. They uh, use straw donors in connection with a scheme to get money to a campaign committee and also to a member of Congress who's not identified in the indictment, but people have identified as Congressman Sessions from Texas. Uh, and they funneled money from basically a Russian individual without you know, making it clear that it came from that individual. And these kinds of violations, I think, undermine uh, fair voting and fair democracy when they happen internally so that limits are being evaded and more money is being given than the law allows for. But it's far worse, I think, because you have outside influence. And that's something that people should be worried about and should care about, especially after the couple of years we've been through. And it's not clear to me fully the relationship that Rudy Giuliani has with Mr. Parnas and Mr. Fruman. I think he's called them business associates. He's also said on other occasions that he represented them. Yeah. So uh, can we just stop on that? Them in criminal case. <laughs> can we, can <laughs> we stop yeah. on that for a second? Because Please. in a million years, I was trying to think of examples where people have been both clients and employers, right? Are they people who work with Rudy? Do they work for Rudy? Does he represent them? Well, if you're general them? counsel to a company, I guess they're your client and your employer. I guess this that's true. That. Yeah, I guess that's true. But this is it's just such a weird thing. You know, at times he represents them. At other times he hires them to do this work with him. It feels very, very strange for an outside lawyer, a non-general counsel to be in this position. Also, back to your point on on how serious this is, I think... Sometimes you watch sort of the media around this. It felt complicated a little bit last week, and I actually don't think that this is very complicated. So I think you just did a good job of simplifying, you know, it matters who contributes to elections. We keep track of it because there are limits to how much money can be placed in it. And basically, we don't allow foreign governments to influence our elections. 
we wouldn't allow the, you know, one of the key parts of the Parnas and Fruman charges is that they were involved in lobbying to remove the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, um, Marie Ivanovich, who we've been talking about. Parnas, um, you know, we also know sort of separately, not charged, but Parnas was part of the um, meeting with Kurt Volker and Giuliani about Ukraine. And so, you know, there's there's this influence of foreign governments and, and some of the money that they're pushing into elections is coming from a Russian national. And so there really is a good reason to be concerned about this and for criminal prosecutions, in my view, to be brought based on this. And of course, what looms, as we've been talking about in other contexts for the last couple of years, is the possibility that these guys flip. Right. And unclear yeah. what information they have on Giuliani or anyone else. But people don't like to go to prison and people have information possibly. And so you never know which way this is going to lead. Will they keep their mouths shut? Will they not? If they don't keep their mouths shut, do they have substantial assistance they can give to federal prosecutors? What it also assures is unless there's some odd, you know, super quick resolution of the criminal case that's separate from impeachment, all this stuff is going to be swirling around in the news and publicly and puts the stink on all this conduct of Rudy Giuliani and others so public sentiment may be swayed even further because these things are going to continue to come up. And just let's talk about the flipping for a second, because there's a couple things that are I'd love to get your thoughts on. I mean, the first is it looks like the Southern District was not going to bring this case as soon as it did, but that these two guys were hightailing it out of town on a one-way ticket. Um, they were flying out of Dulles at night. They were supposed to be, one of them was supposed to be testifying before the committee, one of the House committees. And basically the night before, they go to Dulles Airport. The government finds out that these guys are leaving and they arrest them. And so it wasn't clear to me that they wanted this investigation, the Southern District wanted this investigation to be overt or public as quickly as it became. Yes, I totally agree with that. And, and one thing I think it's important to, to cite, I saw on social media, uh, folks, lots of people in the immediate aftermath of the arrest speculating that this was some ploy on the part of Bill Barr or others to prevent these guys from testifying before Congress. And it was actually, you know, orchestrated in a way to benefit the president. And, you know, sometimes conspiracy theories turn out to be true. Um, I think that was really not what was going on here. The Southern District is, as far as I can tell, acting appropriately, aggressively and independently. And you had two guys at Dulles Airport on a plane on a one-way ticket, as you point out. I tell multiple stories like this in the book where you have to take people off, arrest them or approach them before you've completed your investigation because you're balancing uh, the need for more proof against the concern that they're going to flee and get hinked up and never come back again. So these theories that this was a, some kind of strategy to prevent them from testifying in front of the House, I think holds no water. The other interesting fact that people are banding about, I don't know what the significance is. I don't know what the inappropriateness of it is. But people have suggested that Rudy has been paid a half a million dollars by these folks for some services. Unclear what. Yeah, I think that it's been reported that the Southern District is investigating Giuliani's financial dealings, his efforts to oust the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. And it feels to me like there's going to be a number of sort of avenues of inquiry for the Southern District to look at. But particularly, who's paying Giuliani and you know, what work he's doing. And remember also that Giuliani and these two I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work. Mm-hmm.